We're having fun with the interns and uh, trying to be creative, right, and uh, have a good time. So uh, this morning, I want to talk to you about the patience involved in fishing. Amen. And uh, and so I brought my I brought Sam's fishing pole, and uh, this is a trusty fishing pole. And I got my tackle box. And um, in case anybody gets out of control, I will hook you this morning. And uh, that's a serious fish you catch with that thing. So, uh, so we're going to have some fun this morning. But uh, I love the picture that Jesus paints in the minds of his disciples. Leave your livelihood and come and subject yourself to one of the most trying things you can ever do. I don't know about you guys, but um, how many of you um, have noticed sometimes working with people can be a little testing? Just a couple. All right, we'll leave it there. You don't have to t- say their names. But the thrill of the catch is always so amazing, isn't it? I mean, you can throw your your pole out there, you can, you can toil, and you can test, and you, and you can try different things, and, and next week we're really going to talk about tactics and, and how the things we do, but man, it, it's long-suffering sometimes, isn't it? It's an enduring process to catch fish, and, uh, and, and that's where we miss it, but man, I don't know about you guys, but the minute you finally hook one, it doesn't matter if you've been out there for 10 minutes or 10 hours. The minute you catch that fish, doesn't it just change everything? I mean, it's exciting. He's he's reeling you in. You're 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 um uh what I don't even know what this thing's called. Your little uh your thing. The this guy right here. The little uh reel. There we go. It goes. You know your your poles dancing down, and you're just like yeah, got one right. It's like the thrill of the catch, and it's like you forget about everything else. You forget that you've been fishing for four days and didn't catch anything, right? You forget it's been 40 years since you caught your last fish. You're just like, I finally caught one, you know, and you can't wait to tell everybody your fish story of how big he was, right? It's like, the, and every time you tell the story, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I know Chris and Pastor likes to go fishing a lot, and, and you know, the stories, I think they're, you know, hopefully they're getting them documented with pictures. Pastor likes to put them on Facebook, so they can't exaggerate, you know, the size of the fish, but uh, um, we won't talk about what they were fishing for last time. One of the main statements of, of people in the church today is, I just want to be closer to God. How many of you have ever made that statement and felt yourself saying that as a believer? I just, I just want to be closer to God. Well, this morning, I'm going to give you a little secret. How many of you guys want the secret to getting closer to God? Anybody in here? All right, good. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. I've learned that the day that I surrendered to Jesus was the closest I will ever get to Him here on earth. I cannot get closer to God. I cannot get more of Jesus. Uh Uh-oh, it's getting quiet. The other thing that I've learned, in order to experience more of His presence and more of His provision, I must be about His business in my life. See, the most sure way to get close to God, as we'll find here in this Scripture, is to love people. Mark chapter 12 and verse 31, Jesus is talking to his disciples and they're asking him how to to earn rights before God, how to get closer and and all these things. And and Jesus said to him, obviously, the first one is to love your neighbor, or I mean to love God. And then the second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, 
with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, this is my favorite part, you are not far from the kingdom of God. How do I get closer to God? I love people. What is Jesus asking us to do when he calls us to be fishers of men? He's asking us, will you love people? Will, will you be available to people? Will you be patient with people? See, loving people takes a lot of patience. This morning, why, why would we talk about patience? Because patience defined is truly the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. How many of you guys have somebody in your life that you would love to see encounter the power and the saving grace of Jesus Christ? Yeah. How many of you have prayed an, one time for them? <laughs> Not very, all your hands should have gone back up. How many of you have prayed five times for them? How many of you have prayed five years for them? Ten years. I mean, you, you see the testing of our patience in, in, the, in, the, in the progression of, of seeing people come to Jesus. I, I love my dad's Bible has it written down. I, I grew up um, with my mom, and I would come visit periodically in the summertime and, and different things. And, and there was that moment where he wrote in his Bible that, that I would be restored back to him. But it was, I believe, um, ten years after he wrote that that God restored us back to relationship together where I would live with him and, and now do ministry together and everything. I mean, you want to talk about patience. Ten years is a long ways to wait to catch fish, isn't it? It's a long ways to go to just being loving to the people in our life every day. You know, when you think about those people on your job, those people in your neighborhood, those people in your family, those people, your classmates, your different people that come across your life and you think, God, is it ever going to break in their life? God's just saying, will you be a fisher of men? Will you be patient with people? See, James chapter 1 and verse number 4 says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Isn't that a comforting verse this morning? Patience is the understanding of the opportunities all around and the willingness to wait upon the right timing to capitalize on it. When Jesus calls us to be fishers of men, he's asking, will you be willing to love people and be patient in the process? How many of you have shared your faith with somebody this week? One, two, three, good, awesome, very good. The rest of you, we're going to pray for you. When was the last time, when was the last time you gave God credit to those around you? You know, it's, it's, it's being conscious about the words we speak and, and the opportunities that we have each day. You know, I could easily just, you know, say I got a good life. Oh, yeah, my day was good. My weekend was all right. Or, or do we take those as golden opportunities to begin to cast bait into the lives of people's lives? See, so many times I think we just move on about our weeks and we forget that, wait a second, God did something in our lives. You know, this morning, maybe during worship, God began to touch your heart. Maybe he began to touch your life. Maybe, you know, you could be healed today. Maybe God could break something in your life. And I think the real challenge is, is fishers of men, when we go out tomorrow morning, when we show up on our 
jobs and in our classrooms and um, see our family members? Are we willing to throw that bait out there and say, you know what God did in my life this weekend? See, so many times we think it's going to be this miraculous thing that these people are just going to knock on our door and know that we're Christians. We think that they're just going to come showing up and say, hey, Sean, you're a Christian and I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. I've yet to have that happen. And I've been believing for it for 17 years, just waiting. God, surely they'll see this. You know, he says that we're like a light unto the world. Surely I've got like, you know, Tony, the Iron Man thing, you know, glowing. I, I got this light. I got this, right? I got a halo, you know, that follows me everywhere. All these, they should surely know that I'm a Christian. But when it comes to being a fisher of men, we got to make sure that we're casting the bait out for people to respond to. You know, I love watching Sam in that video. He's out there throwing a bobber in the lake. How many of you guys know a bobber is not going to catch anything? The sole purpose of that thing is to let you know when you caught something, but not to catch anything. The only thing that catches fish this morning is bait, power bait. Amen? If, if, maybe you're fishing for trout, so you throw some power bait. Or maybe you're fishing for, uh, fishing for some trout this morning, so you use some worms, some live worms. That, is that disgusting? We went camping, and my kids brought it. They, Grandpa brought up a, a thing of live worms, and they were huge. I'm like, this is like a snake. This thing isn't a worm. I'm supposed to, and then I'm like trying to stick the hook in it, and it's like squirming, and it's like its stuff is starting to ooze out. Oh, that just got gross, didn't it? Sorry. But, but we have all these different things that we can use to catch fish. And I don't know about you guys, but, but my favorite is, is the minnows. You know when you catch a real fish and then you throw it back in the pond to catch a bigger fish? Right? It's like, so we got these minnows, you know, that woo, woo, swim through the water and act like they're alive. And, and they're just doing their thing. And, and they're just waiting. You know, Eli's like, me, me, me. Look at he's He's ready. He's like, I'm teasing him. Our sweetest fish, not the best gummy candy on the, absolutely. But I want you to see something this morning. Those conversations that you have every day, they're moments for you to begin to cast your bait and to share your faith with those people that you come in contact with. Probably should have wore the headset. Going right for the fish. That's awesome. See, I, for me, being an evangelist is being aware of the need at hand. You know, as John shared so beautifully last week, the signs of our times and the different things that take place, there's people that have arguments both ways. It's not about that. It's about that the, the Lord is coming back for his church. He's coming back for people. Amen? He, he, he's not coming back for a building. Thank goodness he's not coming back for this steel building. He's not coming back for these beautiful cathedrals that you see all over the world. I'm, I'm being sincere. He, he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for a body. He's coming back for people. And, and, and quite honestly, the only I believe the only currency in heaven is souls. You know, we can, we can get all the knowledge we want. We can be the most spiritual Christian on the face of the earth. Those ones are the ones that scare me. Because we're no earthly good. 
We, we have all this knowledge. We have all this, this great theological understanding, and yet we're never casting bait to the people in our lives. We're never loving them enough to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We get in our little groups and we're like, oh, brother so-and-so, guess what I learned today? Oh, sister so-and-so, guess what I learned today? Oh, don't get me wrong, that's good. Build each other up, but not, pastor will come back and tell me if I was wrong. But not to the extent that we're never casting our bait amongst those that have no knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. What good is it if we keep in our little circles and we have our little Christian clubs and we do our little Christian things all the time and we're never thinking about those that are dying and going to hell? You know, I, I think about my life and, and I believe I have enough fruit or candy behind me now to, to know a little bit of how to do this. And um, I asked Sam if I could talk about him this morning. Sam, come up here real quick. When you think about patience, man, he looks good. That's what the Lord's gym does for you right there. You are a handsome guy. But you know what's funny is I, I look at Sam, and uh, I get a little jealous, but I, I look at Sam, and, and I think about his life, and I believe it was about four years ago um, I met Sam at an event that we do, used to do at the Lord's Gym once a month. It was, am I embarrassing you up here right now? Feeling uncomfortable? Okay, good. He just preached Tuesday night. He's good to be on stage. But about four years ago, no, five. It was, it was yeah, wow. Oof, duh. Time flies when you're having fun. I remember when I met Sam at an event at the Lord's Gym. And we're, we do the Saturday nights and have fun and food and games and different things. And he came with this little group of high schoolers. And, uh, and, and I remember seeing him um, two times in a row, and then finally about the third time, I was like, man, I'm going to reach this kid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, God, you want to do something with his life. God, I, I see it all over him. And I began to sit down and talk to him, and I'm all, Sam, do you go to church anywhere? And he gave me the blanketed, oh, yeah, I go to X church. And I'm like, you don't go to church. That's just the biggest name in the community, so you just throw that out there. Okay, it doesn't matter which one, but when they're big, everybody knows their name, and so we just throw that one out there. And I could see right through him. I'm like, he doesn't go to church. He doesn't know the Lord. And I just remember seeing Sam, and all of a sudden, something began to move in my heart. And go, God, you want to get this kid. Not, not so I could stand on stage today and, and act like I, I'm a great fisherman, okay? It's because there's something crazy awesome about this kid. And, um, and I remember five years ago when I first saw him, you know, I, I had a, some power bait. We had this event, and we threw it at Sam, and he took it. You know, he's like, yeah, I like gumdrops. You know, it's like, he's like, so. And then I, you know, many of you know, we do the campus club, and so, you know, I felt the Holy Spirit said, feed them, and they will come. And so I would bring pizza, and, and this fine young man ate a lot of the pizza. And he never gave me any money for it either. He just gladly, he's like, he gave me a hug and he said, thank you. Like, You're welcome. You're welcome. But, but I want you to see something. It was just me learning to just love Sam. And then the, the relationship went to another level. 
is, uh, is he goes, man, you know, the, a group of us play, because we play basketball at the gym and stuff, and he's like, there's some of us that get together before school and play basketball at Union Mine in the morning. He goes, you should come. And, and I thought he was asking me to come because he wanted me to play. He really wanted me to go so I would pick him up and take him. <laughs> I am not a morning person at all. I'm like, okay, what time? He's like, well, it, we start at 6 a.m. I'm like, you play basketball full, co- full court at 6 a.m.? Yeah, man, it's awesome. I'm like, no, that's not awesome. That's torture. That means I have to be up at 5. Now, some of you are like, what's wrong with that? I am a late night guy, okay? I'm not early morning. The, I can sleep till 9 o'clock in the morning, just being truthful for a minute, Okay. Not every day, but I would like to. But you know what? I just, I'm like, you know what? Because God, I, I see what's on the inside of this young man. God, I, I'm willing. I'm willing to love him enough to go and pick him up, to go out of my way, to be inconvenienced in my life. I didn't have to get up. I played basketball at the gym. I didn't need to go play basketball. But I saw an opportunity to fish. I saw an opportunity to cast my bait I saw an opportunity to to be a vessel that God could use. And this morning, I want to ask you, who are the people that God has connected you with that he's waiting for you to just pick up your fishing pole and begin to find what bait will attract their life? Sam, you can sit down. Man, I just feel like a little inadequate up here all of a sudden. When I think about Sam and I think about his life, it took years before that young man gave his life at the altar one Tuesday night. But I will tell you today, that I would do it all again. I would do it 10 times over to see what God has done in his life. Because the thrill of the catch is the greatest reward. It's not about how much bait I had to throw. It's not about how many times my hook got snagged in a rock. It's not about how many times I lost my power bait and my worms dried up. It's, it's about being a fisher of men this morning. See, we must be listeners. I think it's the most unfortunate part is that most of us are so wrapped into our own lives and Needs that we can't hear what people are saying around us. You know, it took me understanding the fish. It took me listening. When you get around somebody that really knows how to fish, they know the fish, don't they? How many of you guys have ever been with that person that they are like professional angler, right? That's the right word when you're you're like a real fisherman, you're an angler. Right, Chris? Is that what you are? Yes. He's got... He's got this cool boat. He's got this little thing, man. He can go down the river, and he's got all these poles sticking out. I'm like, that's an angler. He is like, he's not me with the Snoopy, Scooby-Doo, Spider-Man pole out there, okay? He, he's got the goods. This tackle box ain't nothing, okay? I, I saw the pictures, but, but a professional angler, they know the fish. They, they know the water. They, they know how to catch a fish. And I want to ask you this morning, who are the people that God has placed in your life each and every day 
that he's just asking, will you know the fish? Will you take time to, to know whether it's a gummy worm, whether it's a spice drop, whether it's the sweetest fish, maybe it's a kiss. Maybe all they need is a kiss. So Corinda's getting all excited. She's like, chocolate. <laughs> That's how Eli got her. Hmm. <laughs> but, but being fishers of men, being evangelistic in our heart is, is not about making this difficult. It's about are you willing to be patient and listen to people's hearts? I had to listen to Sam. You know what gripped my heart? Is when I sat down that third night and I began to listen to his story. I'm like, God, no, no kid should ever have to go through what that young man has gone through. No kid should ever not know their biological parents, his mom. Never have a relationship with her. No kid should ever be yelled at and treated the way he was treated every time he walked in the door of his house. But I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have been patient and began to listen and began to understand Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 5, it says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. How many of you guys feel a sense of redeeming the time right now? I don't know about you, but I see it. I'm like, God, that time is, is not on our side anymore. How many of you guys are busier than you've ever been? If you're not busy, come here, because I'll help you distractions, responsibilities, things, and, and we're so distracted. And we're so busy and we're so caught up that we, we are forgetting that time is slipping away. Redeeming the times. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. See, evangelism in a Christian's life is never about us having all the answers. How many of you have felt like, I would love to share the gospel with somebody. I would love to, to be that person to somebody else. But God, I don't know anything. I don't know the word of God like pastor. I can't quote scripture like so-and-so. God, if I could just have all the answers, then I would do this. And we begin to limit what God can do through our lives. And I believe Paul said it best in Romans chapter 7. He said, in fact, I don't understand why I act the way I do. How many of you guys have ever felt like you just failed an opportunity? Amen? All the time, I'm like, man, I should not have acted that way. I have, should not have said that. I should not have done that. And Paul said it's so good. I don't know, I don't do what is, uh, tongue twister, I don't do what I know is right. I do the things I hate. When it comes to living evangelistic, it's, it's being aware that I don't understand why I act the way I do. I don't do what I know is right. I do the things I hate. There's times where I lay in bed at night and I'm like, God, I blew it today. God, why didn't I talk to that, that gentleman at the gym? God, why didn't I offer to pray for that lady at the store? God, why didn't I 
take the opportunity to share what good things you've done in my life when they ask me what's going on in my life. And I go, why do I do this, God? Why do I miss these opportunities? I believe he, he gives us the answer in Romans 7.19. He says, instead of doing what I know is right, I do wrong. And as believers, I believe God's saying, wake up just a little bit. Be aware that, that you're not always going to make the right choices, but that doesn't mean you quit fishing. How many of you guys have fished one time and didn't catch anything? I think I asked this earlier. How many of you guys have ever gone and you didn't catch anything? Good. Get them up high. High, high, high. Yep. Get them up. I'm sweating. Get them up high. Yes. How many of you guys went back after you didn't catch anything? Yeah. That's right. We don't give up on fishing because we didn't catch something. And so many times we give up on people. You know, in the process of, of seeing Sam and, and praying for Sam and reaching out to Sam and, and, and believing God for Sam and doing whatever I could to reach this kid with the power and the love of Jesus Christ. Do you know how many other people got saved? It was beautiful. It wasn't, he wasn't the only person in my life. There's, there's other people all around us all the time. Don't get stuck on the one. Just keep sowing. Just keep believing. Just keep being patient. See, I believe we have lost the simplicity of what Christ asks of our lives. It's great to be filled with all this knowledge, but we have become no earthly good to those that are hurting around us. I love this story. I don't know if you guys read the devotional, but you should. We, we give them out. I think they were giving out the new one this morning. And man, it is, it is on point so many times, and uh, I really encourage you to pick that up and um, find a place where you can read it every day. Ours lives in the bathroom. It's a good place. Just got to make it work, right? Not that, no. You got to be, anyways, move on. This story was in the devotional. Bill Wilson built Sunday schools in some of New York's worst areas. He had been shot, stabbed, and had team members killed. A Puerto Rican lady who could barely speak English asked him one day, I want to do something for God. Bill said, okay, ride a different Sunday school bus every week and just love the kids. So she rode dozens of them, loved the children, and after a few months, she asked to remain on a certain bus. A little boy came to Sunday school every week with his sister and sat on that lady's lap, but never made a sound. She would repeatedly tell him, I love you, and Jesus loves you too. One day, to her amazement, he turned around and stammered, I love you too, and gave her a big hug. That was at 2.30 on Sunday afternoon, and at 6.30 the night, the boy, 6.30 at night, that boy was found dead in a dumpster under a fire escape. His mom had beaten him to death and thrown his body in the trash. I love you and Jesus loves you were some of the very last words that that little boy had heard in his short life. See, I don't know about you, but I don't feel qualified to be a minister many times. I don't feel like I'm worthy for God to use me. But I will tell you that these stories happen every day. 
My life must be lived on mission. This morning, serving Jesus through evangelism isn't about an occupation or a vocation, but it's simply an invitation to live on mission with our occupations. So many times we excuse evangelistic efforts. We, we push away opportunities because we say, that's not my gift. That's not my calling. That's not my purpose. But how many know that little boy was thankful that that lady didn't push away the opportunity to love him? See, evangelism is truly about focusing more on what is right to do and less about ourselves. See, I'm not looking to change the course of your life this morning, but to maybe redefine the very purpose of each day you live. See, patience is looking for opportunities and waiting for the moment to speak. When asked how your weekend one was, when was the last time you shared about your time at church? I believe we lived in the most unchurched generation in history right now. There is not enough believers speaking good about their church. How do we silence the voice of the critics? We make our voice a little louder. How many of you are thankful this morning for a local church? Amen. How many are you thankful for what God's done in your heart through a local church? Amen. Let's begin to spread that good news. I get so, oh, I'm not even going to go there. People won't mysteriously walk into the doors of a place they've never heard of. We're the greatest product evangelists to ever walk the face of the earth. Aren't we? How many of you guys have tried that new restaurant? Shopped at that new store? Saw that new electronic device? Hello. And man, when we, when we get it, we have it, we go to it, we partake of it, we, we consume it, we own it. Man, we are the first to, to tell the world how good it is or how bad it was. Isn't it true? I mean, I, I like to do it. I, I'm, I'm guilty or proud or whatever you want to call it. But I, I love to tell about my experience at a restaurant. I, I love, you know, you want good barbecue, man. I, I love this restaurant down here. If you want good this, man, go here. Oh, if you want this, go there. You know, it's like we have no problem building up these places that we've enjoyed visiting. Amen? We, we have no problem letting you know, oh, you want to go there? Oh, I wouldn't go there. But on Monday morning when you walk into work, do we even talk about our time in church? Do we talk about what good the Lord has done in our hearts and in our lives? Sorry, maybe God's dealing with me. Let's paint a picture this morning as I close. I looked up some statistics. And in one year, this is as of 2012, over two and a half million people will die in the United States of America in one year. So I was like, well, what does that compare to? At the time, the city of Sacramento was 500,000 people. 
Houston, Texas had 2.1 million people. Chicago had 2.7 million people. So for a moment in the theater of your mind, imagine waking up next year and Chicago, Illinois is a ghost town. Houston, Texas, a ghost town. Sacramento, five times over, is a ghost town. When you think about the rapid pace at which people die, yes, people are born, but people are dying. What does that begin to speak to your heart? I crunch the numbers, and the reality is every 13 seconds, somebody dies. And of those two and a half million people, number one, they will either exist eternally in heaven or hell. Heaven or hell. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 46 and says, And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous will enter into eternal life. That's everyone you work around, live around, and do life with. I would love to say that every person in your life is going to live longer than you will, so you'll never have to see a loved one die, a coworker pass away, a classmate in their life soon. But how many of us have loved ones that have been lost before their time? We were sharing our life story with the lady we're being interviewed for our adoption process, and she began to ask um, who's passed in our life and these different things, and she began to ask how that made you feel, and, and so I'm speaking to this social worker, and it was gripping because I'm thinking about these very important people that have passed in my life that I never had the opportunity to pray with, to lead them to Jesus Christ. I, I tried. I, I put chocolate. I put worms. I put spice drops. I put the biggest stinking lure in the box. Ow, ow, ow. But to no avail. People I loved. See, everyone has one life in which to determine their destiny. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27 says, And it was appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. The average American's life right now is 78 years. How many of you are past 78? Just raise your hand. I want to brag on you for a minute. One, two, two, awesome, three, four. You guys are rock stars. Give them a big hand this morning. That really leaves us about 60 years to accomplish all of our dreams, all of our goals, all of our fantasies, to travel the world, to, to build this great life, to have this house and this car and this, this thing that we could put on a pedestal and show off to the world and pass from this life to the next. I want to ask you, what are you going to do with that time frame? What will your life be marked by? The third thing I think about when it comes to these two and a half million people is the very reason 
why I feel such a pressure to be evangelistic. Because heaven or hell is determined by whether a person believes in Christ alone to save them. It's my duty this morning as a believer to lead people to Jesus Christ. It is your duty as a believer to lead people to Jesus Christ. Maybe you sit in this auditorium, this building, this room this morning, and you don't know Jesus Christ. The reality is, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. The highest duty we carry is to win a soul. There's no material gain I've ever received or purchased that has given me greater joy and fulfillment than when I have personally led someone to Jesus Christ. Bill, if you would come back. This morning, every 13 seconds, someone enters eternity. Whether heaven or hell, that rests on us, church. Those people that are in your life every day, one day they're going to stand before God. And I would love to say that you'll have the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years to do that. But what if tomorrow could be the day that you walk into their life and you just cast your bait and tomorrow's the day that they take the bait? Some people say, well, Sean, that's just a little weird. You're tying that all in like that. But I thought it was a beautiful way to look at what God asks of our lives. Snagged. Caught. I caught one. No, not today. But you know what? I'm going to reel it in. I'm going to pull it back in. I'm going to give it to Eli so he can pull it out of the carpet. And tomorrow, I'm going to pick up my chocolate and I'm just going to begin to offer what God has done in my life to those around me. See, so many times we make it so difficult. But what if you're the person that God is asking to just give people a kiss? Not in a weird way. But to just love them. Be sweet to them. Christians should not be mean. Christians should be loving. Hi, Tonya. Good morning. Lori did a great job this morning. You deserve a treat. But we get picky, don't we? So, oh, look at what God's done in my life. Look at what I have. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm super Christian. Look at how good God is to me. Everybody recognize God's good to Sean. Everybody recognize I'm God's favorite. Sorry, you can be second. 
But I think that's what happens sometimes, isn't it? We're like, we see opportunity and we feel this tug in our heart. And we go, God, not today. (laughs) Not right now. God, I, I know that you're asking me to be loving, generous, kind. But God, today, I have hurts. God, right now, I have too many needs in my life that this could fulfill. So God, I'm going to keep this to myself. Tomorrow, maybe God, I'll have the courage. Everybody's like, why didn't I get any candy? I kind of want to throw it at you, but I don't want to hurt anybody. They're in the back. They're like, I'll catch. You know, it's funny that the, the place that we went and filmed our video, I can't wait for you guys to see part two next week. It, it's, it's fun to go fishing there because it's this little pond and he, he stocked it with these trout and they're big. I mean, they are huge. So I love taking my boys because they'll catch something. I mean, I know at the end of the day, they're going to go home with a fish that I got to disgustingly gut, want to throw up the whole time. I'm not kidding. I can't, I can't even eat it after I've gutted it. Sorry, I'm not trying to be graphic, but we were, ta- we were eating fish last night, and Jake's like, yeah, I just have a hard time eating them when I've been, the, you know, saw them gutted. I'm like, really? We're eating a fish right now. Can we talk about something else? But the worst part about fishing this pond is the guy that owns it, he spoils them. They don't eat worms. They don't eat power bait. They don't even look at a spinner because he's got filet mignon. And you just toss it out there. Toss it out there. And man, these fish, just like some of you this morning, are just like, I want some chocolate. And these fish, man, they're like Sam jumping out of the aisles. Lacey's like, get some back here. Here we go. Heads up, don't lose an eye. Gosh, don't, don't file any police reports. Danielle's like, where's mine? Bill. <laughs> you guys are worse than the teenagers. I'm done this morning, but I want to leave you with this. Stop keeping what God's done in your life to yourself. Stop keeping the goodness of God from those that are hurting, those that are broken, those that are desperate, those that if you would just stop and listen, you would hear. And I believe that God would give you the words to speak to their lives. Let's think about hell for a moment this morning. The Bible declares it's a fiery furnace. There will be continual weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
What is gnashing of teeth? It's the striking teeth together as in anger, rage, or pain. It's where the worm does not die and the fire is never quenched. This torment goes up forever and ever, all of eternity, and they have no rest day and night. When I think about hell, I think about every person that God has put in my life. And I say, God, I'm not going to be satisfied anymore to watch people that you've placed in my path pass from this life onto the next without knowing that hell is not the destination they should choose. As we close this morning, what are you fishing for? We're all fishing for something. We all, sound like I'm from the south, we all, we're all fishing for something, aren't we? Some of us are fishing for a race. Some of us are fishing for a mate. (laughs) Some of us are fishing for compliments. Austin sent me a nice one before I came up to preach, and I was like, oh, that felt good. Some of us are fishing for a nicer car. Some of us are fishing for a bigger house. Some of us are fishing for somebody to care for me. I don't have like some crazy altar call. I have a charge for you this morning. You want your needs met? Tomorrow. Today, when you take somebody out to lunch, when you're sitting at that restaurant, are you going to begin to throw bait to those people you come in contact with? Are you going to cast the goodness of God on the people that God has placed in your life from today to tomorrow to Tuesday to Wednesday Thursday to Friday to Saturday and next Sunday when we all gather, it'll be a great celebration. So many times we come into this place and we're like, God, gimme, 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 gimme. You know what God wants to give you? The courage to be a fisherman this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. God, I thank you for every heart and life in this room. God, I thank you that you have called for us today. As you said in Jeremiah 16, Behold, I will send for many fishers, and they shall fish for them. Father, I thank you today for the great commission upon our lives. to go ye into all the world and to fish. God, let us be your hands and feet this week, this year, for the rest of our days. Because God, if we are about your business, God, I've seen it time and time again, you'll be about my business. 
God, you'll, you'll bring the, <laughs> the treadmill. God, you'll, you'll bring the mate. You'll bring the increase. You'll bring the provision. You'll bring the breakthrough. But God, I am going to be about your business in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room today. Before I close, there may be one that sits in this room and says, Sean, I I don't know where I'll spend eternity. I don't think I can sit here today and say, heaven will be my home. Can I tell you today is your day that Jesus Christ can be the Lord of your life and that heaven could be your home. If that's you today and somebody brought you here today, they offered you chocolate and worms and Swedish fish, and you're here today, and God has touched your heart, and you want to surrender to Jesus Christ, if that's you, raise your hand right now. Anybody at all? You want to know eternity will be spent in heaven. God, we thank you today. Are you sure, young man, that Heaven is your final destination. I believe there's a young lady you're wrestling with your faith. You're wrestling with what to believe. You're unsure, but maybe you're intimidated to raise your hand today. I'll tell you that everybody in here has done it at one time. You're in the safest place you'll ever be. And all God says is, will you trust me? If that's you today, I don't want to close this service without giving you that opportunity to make heaven your eternal home. I would love to say that your days are guaranteed until you're at least 78. But that's not the case. Tomorrow is never given, but today is right now. If that's you, just raise your hand. Anybody at all? Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Thank you in the back. Thank you. We don't need to hurry. I always try to be done on time, but man, I'll wait for a soul. Amen. Thank you. This is what God cares about. This is what God... The Bible says that when, when one soul surrenders to Jesus Christ that all of heaven rejoices. Anybody else? Before we close, can I ask you guys to do something bold that raise your hand to stand up and come up here let me pray with you? I'm not trying to call you out, single you out, make you embarrassed. If you don't want to, I, I understand, but man, I... I beg you to 
walk up to this altar today. If that's you today and you raise your hand, you can come with your friend. If somebody brought you, and let them come with you. We have a group of us that are going to pray for you right now. If that's you, will you stand and come up here? okay awesome thank you young man there's one anybody else awesome awesome come on man awesome thank you so much God's been speaking to you all service, huh? Saw it all day. Anybody else? Amen. Awesome. This is what church is all about. Amen. 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 Will somebody come stand with her, Corinda? Amen. There's one more. I think there's actually more than that. God's fishing for people. He's about redeeming the time. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this prayer all together this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, today is my day. Today is the day that I ask Jesus Christ to be the Savior of my life. Today, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. To cleanse me. To make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to just pray for you guys real quick. Father, we just thank you right now. God, for each one of these souls today. God, we don't expect perfection from this day forward. God, we don't expect them to know how to live this life perfectly. But God, I thank you today. Their hearts and their lives have been marked for eternity's sake. God, I thank you that the work that you started at this moment at this altar, God, will begin to grow, will begin to flourish, will begin to blossom. Father, I thank you for their boldness to stand before this crowd of people. God, as they've honored you before men, God, I pray your hand would just be great upon them from this day forward in Jesus name amen 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 come on give God a big shout of praise